Welcome to The Partnership, the straight-up business podcast where co-founders chat co-founders with co-founders. I'm Jennifer Bettmeyer. And I'm Melissa Duran-Connor. We know... What are you doing? Go ahead. (laughs) We know a thing or two about being business partners. We launched media relations agency, Jennifer Beck Communications, together in 2014. So each episode, we invite co-founders to share their stories about building something new from the ground up. Today, we're so excited to be speaking with Mended Cosmetics co-founders, KJ Miller and Amanda Johnson, grad school friends turned business partners who created Mented with the belief that every woman should be able to find herself in the world of beauty, no matter her skin tone. Like many entrepreneurs, KJ and Amanda launched Mented right from their living room in January 2017. While their product line started with the brand's original vegan, non-toxic, and cruelty-free nude lipsticks, the brand has since expanded to include a wide array of face and nail products, as well as accessories like blotting sheets and brushes. KJ and Amanda have garnered the brand more than $3 million in funding, highlighting the real opportunity and demand for high-end, inclusive makeup. That's awesome, guys. Good for you. Seriously. That also, something that's important to mention is that um, you are the 15th and 16th women of color to sign a seven-figure VC deal. That's a really big deal. Thank you. Good for you. And welcome. Thank you again so much for being here. So I guess we'll jump right into it and start asking questions. I guess the first thing I want to know is maybe tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, where you grew up, and then obviously how you guys met, which we know was in grad school, but kind of what was the journey in the path to each other? Um, Well, so this is KJ. I, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, and I grew up kind of like always performing, always on stage. I was dancing, I was singing, I was acting. Eventually I started directing. So when I think about my childhood, I just think about the fact that I I just always wanted to be on a stage doing something. Um, But I was never good enough at any of it to make it a professional thing. So um, I had to pivot and pivoted into business. Um, And so I spent my career in retail before going to Harvard Business School, uh, which is where I met Amanda. Um, and I pretty much knew that for me, I think the um, the way I was going to try to sort of live out some of that dream of like being a performer and, 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 and putting myself out there was by starting a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to business school very much with the goal of coming out of the other end as an entrepreneur. Um, I didn't know what that would mean. I didn't know what the business would be. I just I felt really strongly that I am pas- passionately about it. Um, and luckily, I met Amanda. Um, and we graduated sort of promising each other if we could think of a really great idea, we'd work on it, you know, mm-hmm. and we'd just see where it led us. So that was sort of how we got on the path to Minted. Yeah, and I'll I'll tie how we actually first met in business school because it'll be a funny full circle moment. But so I also grew up performing. I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I did classical ballet from three to 18 but I was also a cheerleader, so shout out to the cheerleaders out there. (laughs) It is an athletic um, endeavor. Mm -hmm. We we all watch cheer. Yeah, yeah. I was a base, I tumbled, it's real. Impressed. And um, so I I always love to perform very disciplined type of performances. Um, 
And I too could not make that professional. So I had to figure out something else. Um, so I actually went into the most corporate of corporate jobs and started my career in investment banking. Um, you can be good at something, but not love it. So then pivoted into marketing, then went to business school to learn even more about all of that, ex- you know, expand my network, figure out what was going to be next and really fell in love with all things retail, consumer, mm-hmm. people, physical products. And actually, so again, that's where KJ and I met in business school. And we actually met during the HBS show, which is the mm-hmm. student run variety show. KJ was in the show and I was doing all of costumes backstage. And so we just kind of like laughed and giggled through all of the rehearsals and performances. And that's when we first kind of had the spark that like, oh, we work well together. And like, no matter what's happening, we're probably laughing mm-hmm. on the other was side. Was it an mm-hmm. instant chemistry? Yeah. I yeah. don't even know. It's not like I remember our first conversation no. or anything. I just remember us together yeah yeah. (laughs) i remember us backstage sort of like i wouldn't say making fun of the other people (laughs) in the show but you know we just we always find like we always have hot takes yes you know we're big on hot takes so someone would come off stage having done xyz and i would just turn to a man and be like girl (laughs) (laughs) and i wouldn't even really have to say the rest because she'd be like oh girl (laughs) so i think that just is sort of how our relationship began we just we just sort of realized like we like to sort of observe mm-hmm. and we like to chit chat and we like mm-hmm. to kiki. Um, and also we work well together, which I think we we realized more in our second year when we actually did some school projects together. Yeah. Um, so we didn't have the idea yet. Um, and so when we graduated from business school, we both moved to New York. KJ went into consulting at Deloitte. I went into luxury retail at Barney's and we still wanted to kind of pursue the idea. You know, she knew going into business school, she wanted to pursue entrepreneurship. I got bitten by that bug in business school Mm -hmm. just because everybody was talking about it. Everybody Mm -hmm. had started a business. Everybody had failed at a business, Mm -hmm. but they were still all gung-ho to start the next one. Mm -hmm. And that really normalized the risk for me. Like I was a, you know, middle upper middle class girl who was going to climb this corporate ladder. And like, I thought that's the path of my life. And then I got there and everyone's talking about this other thing. And I was like, okay, maybe it's for me too. But finding the right partner really was the thing that led me into doing it. Mm -hmm. So we just were very disciplined in meeting every couple of weeks, talking through ideas, really exploring what was interesting to us. And we kind of made a little funnel of sorts of like, every idea had to get through this funnel. And if an idea got to the end, then Mm -hmm. we could, you know, really talk about whether it had legs for us yeah. to pursue. Can you tell us a little bit more about the funnel? And and also, I read somewhere, and this is very common, and, and I love it, It th- I would imagine there was wine always involved. Yeah. <laughs> I personally <laughs> have my best ideas when I've had a little bit yeah. of wine. So. Same. Same. Yeah, we always would have wine. <laughs> and basically, I mean, there were a couple things that we asked ourselves. One thing that was really important to me, because I had actually tried a couple different businesses, so Minted was not – my first shot, it just was my first successful shot. But um, one thing I learned early on was, or or felt really strongly was, I wanted it to be something that the two of us could do and that we wouldn't need a third technical Mm co-founder to do. Because a lot of people have these like big, grand, amazing ideas and they're like, if only I had the world's smartest coder, I could like get it off the ground. And I was like, I don't want that because I don't know if some third person is gonna work with the energy that we have. Like I know we work, so I want, it to be something the two of us can do. Um, so that ruled out all sorts of things. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not going to cure cancer, right? Like, and we're not yeah. going to pursue that. A lot of things didn't get through that top <laughs> funnel. Yeah. We don't know anything about cancer and we don't know anything about like, you know, coding. And, you know, so it was like, it probably is going to be a physical product. I think mm-hmm. like yeah. that was sort of our first 
sort mm-hmm. of like I think we can probably put a product together. Yeah. Um. So I, that was one of one of the main things. I think. Yeah. I think too. Like we really were thoughtful about a physical product. Like she had worked in retail. I'd worked in retail. We like to touch and feel things. Mm-hmm. Like we're very tactile people. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so the idea even of like a service never really floated through the funnel. Well, also because I had tried a service. Oh, that's business. true. And so, she was not gung-ho. Oh, was, right? Yeah, I was and out of I that game. I'm not in love with that either. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. You're just... saying this to service people. This is <laughs> <laughs> and and somehow really we, we enjoy the torture of it. You do know what it. we do for a living, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, no, to go back to the funnel question, because this is something people ask us a lot when you were you know attracted to each other as business partners did you recognize that one person could do certain things the other Mm -hmm. couldn't how were you balancing each other out or did you have a similar skill set that you were each kind of bringing to the table well I think we knew very early on we were compliments Mm -hmm. like I think there are lots of things that we both do well Mm -hmm. based on our general like business educations and backgrounds there's a lot that we could just both trade and do but I think two things one is what were we most interested in passions both of us really like certain parts of the business and then I think the other one is like functionally to KJ's point of not wanting to bring in you know a third expertise in the beginning functionally there were just things that both of us could do really well from the beginning based on our experience and then we started the business kind of breaking you know the responsibilities out right. in that mm-hmm. way and of course things have evolved over the last three years because we both learned so much more we have different passions I mean also the world has changed mm-hmm. in three years but I think fundamentally the communication we have to always you know talk about what's going on think about what's next and how we reposition the business to keep going after the next opportunity that's what you know what makes us work mm-hmm. yeah I would just add to that I remember in the beginning whenever we would meet with people not all the time but there were often people who were like all right well you're both Harvard Business School graduates and you're both women of color and you both have like retail experience and uh so like what's the difference between the two of you (laughs) you know like why are you better suited to do one thing and she's better suited to do the other thing um and I think this is very much a uh, venture capitalist mindset of like you really need to be two people doing two opposite things with two opposite skill sets, um, which I just think, frankly, is bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. look, we're both smart, capable mm-hmm. women. And there are a lot of ways we overlap, but also we're not the same person. Mm-hmm. So clearly there are also ways where one of us is more proficient in one thing versus the other. So I always hated when people sort of like would hit us with that because it's like, look, we're going to figure it out. What you need to know is we're both mm-hmm. smart. And we're both ambitious. And you both have different perspectives. Yeah. We both have different perspectives. We get this a lot too. I mean, people say to us a lot, you know, what does Melissa do and what do you do? And we're like, we both run the company and we do it together. Um, And we both pitch all day long and we both manage clients Mm -hmm. and we both look at P&L reports. And, you know, I think that's actually why it works. We each offer a very unique perspective. We both have different backgrounds and experiences. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I do think it's so important that you meet with someone who does that, share that similar kind of value system and exactly. experience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. so going back to the original idea, like how f- long after you moved back to New York or into New York and had all of your meetings, like would you say like it took us six months before we came down to this one idea or – Actually, it was only like three different meetings and we finally came yeah. back. You know, I'm curious yeah. how, when that kind of yeah. happened. What was the timeline like? Neither of those. No. <laughs> it took longer. It took longer. Yeah. I mean, we say the official version is that we had the idea fall 2015 and we graduated spring 2014. 
So like if we thought we started talking, having these conversations right after we graduated, then that was a year and a half. But we didn't. Right. Like we moved to New York and we had lives and we mm-hmm. had jobs mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I got married. Like there mm-hmm. a lot of things were happening. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we were just like heads down, focused on becoming entrepreneurs. Like we had whole lives that we were living, but we would get together periodically yeah. um, because we had made this commitment to each other that we wanted to try to work together. Um, and because I was in consulting, I was traveling all the time and that made it harder. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe it was a year. Maybe it was six months. It was yeah. sort of. It was fluid. It was fluid. But yeah, I think like there I think there's this like myth. And I think this is like the beauty of PR, the storytelling, yeah. which mm-hmm. is you hear these founder stories and it's like, and poof, we magically mm-hmm. woke up yep. one day and had right. this idea. Mm-hmm. And now we're a billion dollar mm-hmm. business. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. The next yeah. day I went and, and like, I why can't it and I, I do that? Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then we get people who come to us who are like, you know, budding entrepreneurs. And it's like, I don't have the idea yet, but I've been working on this. And, you know, and they get very frustrated that they're not living up to this myth. Yeah. And, and we tell people all the time, like, take your time. Like you need to be passionate about the mm-hmm. idea. You need to think about it. It did not come to us in a day. Mm-hmm. We can't really play back the full timeline yeah. for you because it was so fluid. But like we were thoughtful about it and we had an approach to it. And I think more information of like the behind the scenes of how it happens is what's going to encourage more people to participate mm-hmm. in the world of entrepreneurship. Because I think a lot of people just read the Fast Company headline yeah. and mm-hmm. it's like, why am I not this person today? Mm-hmm. But it takes a lot. It's to messy. Get there. It is very messy. And mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. It's funny, we talk a lot, entrepreneur actually does a series kind of about the mistakes entrepreneurs make in building their businesses. And those are the stories I like to read because I can relate to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think people that act like they get that idea overnight, they go out and they pitch it the next day and get, you know, a nice round of funding. (laughs) And then the next moment they're in target. I mean, that just does not Mm -hmm. happen. Correct. Um, And I think there's a lot of crying and tears (laughs) and yelling and screaming and moments where you want to give up. And those are the moments we like to talk about because they're real. Yeah. I also think when there's a really personal element to a business or an idea or it truly comes from a place of this was missing in my life yeah. or it was my personal pain point. So I then discovered it must be millions of other people's personal pain point. You know, I think yeah. those businesses are the ones that end up becoming the new what are what will be the new heritage brands and the mm-hmm. ones that are around for a long time versus those that maybe feel more trendy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you can only have discovered that hole in your life by living your life. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why hearing that you're like, it was a year and a half. It was two, I don't know. We really don't know. But yeah. that kind of makes more sense to me yeah. because it came out of life that you det- found this hole mm-hmm. that you needed to fill yourself. So yeah. I, I think it'd be great to understand once you guys kind of figured out what it was, mm-hmm. what did you do and and what were some of the early mistakes or early really smart things you did um, (laughs) together and you know um, that I think that would be really awesome to hear kind Mm -hmm. of like that first step of your journey Mm -hmm. well so the way we started and this I think is probably one of the smartest things we've done in the course of the company was we started by hand making the lipstick ourselves and the reason we did that was because we knew we wanted to create a a line of nude lipsticks Mm -hmm. we couldn't find a nude that worked for us. We surveyed other people, particularly other women of color. They said, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't exist. It's impossible. And so at first we thought, you know, okay, we'll go to a manufacturer and we'll sort of sit down and we'll talk through the shades we want. 
But the manufacturers didn't get it. They were like, we have nudes. You want nudes? We got nudes. And we're like, no, not those nudes. (laughs) Those are the ashy nudes that don't work. (laughs) And so we didn't want to start with that. And, you know, I think I had watched some YouTube video of someone making lipsticks at home. And I was like, yo, Amanda, we can do this, right? Like, let's, let's order the dye. Let's order the mold. Let's order the oil. Let's order the wax. And let's just see if we can figure this out because, like, it can't be rocket science. You know, it's lipstick. And you watched a YouTube video. Literally watched a YouTube video. And, and we did. So mm-hmm. we like went to Amanda's apartment and uh, thank God your roommate was so kind. <laughs> Shout and, out to like, Alice. spread out everything all over her dining room table. And we're like, oh, let's make some lipstick. Mm-hmm. And the first two shades we made, Minted Number no. 5 and Dope Taupe, uh, are still our top two selling lipstick shades. They were our perfect nudes. And they literally did not exist anywhere else on the market because right. we didn't take some stock shade from some manufacturer and say like let's tweak it a little bit we also didn't grab someone else's lipstick and say like make a copy of this mm-hmm. it literally was us making it on our own and we've done that for every lip color in our line um and it's why lip is still our hero category but i think it's just like you know that just gumption mm-hmm. to say like it can't be that hard let's do it ourselves mm-hmm. um i think is what really sort of set us apart from so many other beauty brands that launched around the same time I would say another point of gumption that we did early that I'm just going to say we're brilliant. <laughs> like, why not? Brilliant. Um, brilliant. If you don't say it about yourself, who, who else? Will? It's true. Headline. <laughs> Minted founders. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, is we would make these samples, drinking wine, listening to Beyonce on Saturdays. Yes. And Beyonce was always involved in, and so was wine. <laughs> and we went on Instagram and we found all of these influencers that fit the aesthetic that we were trying to fix. So they were, you know, women of color. They had great everyday looks. They were talking about nudes or couldn't find nude or doing the chemistry to create one adding mm-hmm. all these products together and we just dm them and was like can you know we're trying to solve this problem of the great nude lipsticks for women of color and we see your your feed and we love what you're doing can we just send you samples we just want to know what you think we're not asking you to sell it we're not yeah. asking you to promote it and we did that every week we would send to lots and lots of influencers every week and what happened was one, we got great feedback about the colors and like it wasn't about the formula because obviously mm-hmm. we were making this formula in, in our apartments, but it was about the shades. So we get the shades right. And they gave us the best feedback that we were onto something, that they were very excited that these were the shades missing. And, you know, they receive a lot of makeup, so they yeah. know more than anybody sure. what's not in the market. And the other thing that happened is because influencers love to go rogue. I mean, it is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. They just started using it. They just started and using it on it. their feeds, mm-hmm. posting it. They well, did you have a brand it. name yeah. when this was happening? We did. We so were did. they at least tagging you? They were. We had to create an Instagram. Yeah, we had to create an Instagram. <laughs> and we did. It was you know, it's so the demand came cosmetics. first, yeah, and yes. then you had to actually yeah. create a social media. They were presence. putting us on, you know, models and in, in um and shoots and stuff they were doing, and then that's when people started saying, "Oh, how do I get the product?" We had right. to create oh, yeah. a landing page to gather emails, like all yeah, of that actually, happened. I just really remember early. that. Okay, we sent our lipsticks. We had we had met this makeup artist. She was great. And she was like, yo, I'm doing a shoot with these two mm-hmm. models, and I love your lipsticks. It's for a Broadway show. It's for a show. She's like, so I'm going to take the lipsticks with me if that's okay, because I want to use it on these models. And we were like, yeah. And again, these were our handmade samples that we had literally made in our apartment. And then the girls were like, we love these lipsticks. We want to tag them. And so the makeup artist was like, yo, they want to tag you. Like, texting us. They want to tag you. And we're like, oh, they can't tag us, because we, <laughs> <laughs> we don't exist on Instagram. We don't have an Instagram. She's like, you better put up an Instagram right now so they can tag yeah, your Instagram. Right. And we did. We, we did. Like, oh, all right. It's, it's available. Yeah. 
And did you have available. a name? But did you even have a name? We did have a name. Oh, okay, yes, so you did. Yeah, you had just hadn't we secured just the handles. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. We okay. didn't. We hadn't done any of that. We no. just. And so it really was organic. So like, you really mm-hmm. built this brand around product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about a story. No one knew our story yeah. yet. Yeah. It wasn't about any of this. It was just this fantastic product that was yeah. missing. Yeah. And suddenly, all of these makeup artists and influencers recognized that and just started using it. And then there was this one makeup artist or makeup artist influencer shout out to king molly magic mm-hmm. who made this video using our handmade sample and we were both at work and our instagram just started blowing up yeah thousands of people just started following us and one day and we well, call each other like right. what's going on <laughs> yeah. and it just happened. i remember because i was on the road because I was, I was still at deloitte so you still had your other jobs at yeah we're oh, still yeah. full-time oh, yeah. still full-time so i was on the road i was in my hotel room and i'm like yo amanda what is happening <laughs> We're like, what's going on? What's going wrong with our first, like, yeah, and and just she made just like a really beautiful video. And the model that she put the product on loved it and was just like vamping for like, uh, you know, 10 minutes. Like, look at this lip (laughs) color. And, you know, we were like just so excited by the whole thing. So, yeah. That was our, our early brilliance. So we know that you guys were onto something, clearly. You got the demand. You got the hype and the buzz super early. We know you are successful today, but it all can't have been perfect. <laughs> and I think what people will want to know is, okay, you have these two founders who are so smart, obviously have amazing chemistry, are true I think they friends. said brilliant, not brilliant. <laughs> sorry, brilliant. And um, But can you tell us about something when it went really wrong or you guys were really pissed at each other? Like, how mm-hmm. did you talk it through or like what do you guys do to get through any hard times and yeah. when you talk to other co-founders or people are thinking about bringing on partners like what do you recommend to them when there is something hard because yeah, it's not yeah. always perfect because just to chime in i mean i think you know we're looking at you right now and you have an amazing chemistry and we think we have an amazing chemistry but what people don't see is it's not always amazing right, i mean the right. chemistry is there the connection's always there mm-hmm. but it also can be very difficult when you are working with someone all day long and talking to that person more you're, than you're talking to your spouse or your partner. Mm-hmm. So what is it like when it, it isn't perfect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think when it's not perfect, which is all the time, like mm-hmm. nothing's perfect, it can feel like, well, I'll start by saying entrepreneurship can feel isolating, right? Like you're two people trying to solve a problem. You're in your heads all day long. You can feel like it's us against the world. So then when we're also, you know, on opposite sides of a situation, Mm -hmm. it's not only us against the world, it's also us against each other. Like the compounding factor of it all is like such a high emotional toll. And it can be a big issue or a small issue. It can still feel that much more compounded because of the world where we, we live in. And so I think one of the things we've tried to do before I get into something messy one of the things we've tried to do over the last couple of years is like better learn how to ride this wave because it is choppy right like things can feel so much more heightened because we're on this path together where if we were in a 500 person company probably wouldn't feel as mm-hmm. big day in day out because so much more is guaranteed and solidified and whatever and our journey is still unfolding um so i think it's really real but i think for us you know, as we started, we are two different people with different perspectives on life. And like there are there's a lot of things we agree on. And then there are the things that we don't that are not necessarily just things on the margin. It can be everyday things that we disagree on. But I think the thing that we've gotten better at at the company and part of that is getting a team and, and evolving is boundaries. 
You know, mm-hmm. we say you were over this thing. You have the ultimate decision. I've given you my opinion and you run with it. And, you know, and just being very firm and disciplined in that. And, you know, we still have to check each other sometimes and be like, okay, I'm being insecure. You're being insecure. We're not communicating well. I don't think you're hearing me. I think you're talking over me. Like we still have to say those things to each other. And it is the hardest person to say it to because also she's riding these highs and these lows mm-hmm. with me. Um, and we're, not great at it 100% of the time. She's actually way better at it than me because um, I can be in my own head sometimes and, and not say words out loud, which is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a work in progress. Mm-hmm. It is, <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I will say this. I think Amanda and I, our personalities are complementary, but they're, they're very different. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is true about me is I don't enjoy conflict, but I'm not conflict averse. Mm-hmm. So if I think a difficult conversation needs to be had, I'm going to have it. And I think I've gotten better. Um, you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think <laughs> I've gotten better at how I tee up those conversations mm-hmm. because I used to actually like did a whole tweet storm about this one day. Uh, who knows? Sometimes I just do random tweet storms. But oh, you sound like Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I love tweet storms. But I do think what I used to do was I, I, I would spend all this time. It was like, OK, we have a difficult topic we need to talk about. And I would spend all this time getting all my thoughts together. And then I would just like throw it at Amanda, lay it at her feet and be like, okay, so what do you think? And she hasn't had the time that I've had to like put all of my thoughts together. Um, And so that was unfair. So now what I try to do is I try to let her know, like I tee it up and say like, look, I think we need to talk about this. I was like, so let's, let's take a week so you can get your thoughts together and I can get my thoughts together and we can come back together and really sort of have like a informed conversation. Um, but just so you know, I do want to talk about this difficult thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it doesn't mean the conversation is less difficult. Mm-hmm. It is still difficult, mm-hmm. but it does mean we both get to come to the table having really thought it out. Um, and I think like that is, you know, it's helpful. It's growth. But yeah. it, but I mean, the difficult conversations are still difficult yeah I think the other thing too we've had to adapt is like my personality is I'm usually like a five good bad hell high I usually ride the five Mm -hmm. I'm not high or anything I'm just (laughs) riding the five and some people can't believe like I am also taking in the bad news and I'm still on a five but I'm absorbing (laughs) it and I'm also thinking of a plan but I'm on a five and KJ can um, ride a wave um, um, a little uh, bit more. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's such I, okay, a kind I'm way KJ. to put it. I, I'm <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. Yeah, Amanda's so kind. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I literally, I take things much more personally than Amanda does. Like, if someone says something that I think is even a little bit rude, I'm on 12. You know, I'm like, scorch the earth. Mm-hmm. You know, and Amanda's like, you know, I don't know if they meant it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they did. Yeah. And we are riding tonight. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Get the back. <laughs> so yeah, I mean yeah. that that is another way we differ. Right. But I think the 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 heart but of that is we've had to that, trust. Though. Imagine yeah. you were both twelves or right. both yeah. fives. Right. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine having a business partner who was up there with me right. or down there with me. Totally. You know, because every day is like that. Yeah. I mean, whether you're a five or not, it is still happening exactly. like that. Yeah. And I think the thing we've had to get better is she has to trust that when I say I'm a five, I'm actually a five. I'm not yeah. hiding a four or a ten. Right. I'm actually just a five. Right. And I've had to learn to trust that when she's a ten, she's going to come back down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's not going to stay there. Right. Because that used to make me anxious when the difficult <laughs> conversations would come. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, my God, it's yeah. going to stay a ten. No, she's going to come back down. Yeah. She just has to get it out. And so we've just learned to mm-hmm. like 
adjust and adapt and it's taking time. Like, it's time. I think it's, what, it's literally like being married. I it mean, is. in a lot of ways. Uh, it is. Yeah, I think being in this relationship with Jen <laughs> has taught me more about relationships in general mm-hmm. because you have to learn someone else in a in a in a way that's um even I would even say even higher stakes than even, you know, a marriage because there there's just you know, my husband can't leave me. Like, he's oh, bound to me. No, he can't. He won't. It's just, you know, but there's something different with the marriage. But when you're in a partnership, there is so much more on the line because yeah. it's your livelihood. It is, But you also have personal feelings for that person mm-hmm. on top of it. So yep. it's re- it's really complex. And you're responsible yeah. for a team. Yeah, and you're totally. Yes. And you're responsible for pe- other people and their livelihoods and and then your clients. So it's a lot um, it, for us in a service-based business. But I think in a lot of ways, a partnership of this kind is even more complex than your romantic partnerships mm-hmm. or even your um, friendships with other women or men. Yeah. You know, and um, that's why we wanted to do the podcast is mm-hmm. it's so fascinating to talk to co-founders <laughs> yeah. because they relate. I mean, a lot of the things you're saying, I completely connect to you, but I've also listened to you talk and I'm like, we should do that. You know, that was a very good learning. So um, on a personal level, yeah. How often do you guys text and call during the day or all, all day? Like all is we're on are 24/7. Each other? Okay. Yeah, 24/7. Yeah. Are there any boundaries personally? Like do you, does one do one of you shut off at like 7 o'clock and well, I, I try. <laughs> I do try okay. to be respectful of Amanda's time. Oh, I thought you were going to say you shut down. I, that's no. why I was laughing like, no. Yeah, like go right. no. I don't shut down, but I do try to be respectful, but I I forget. So like Amanda will be like you know, with her family or at church or something. And I'm just, you know, I wake up and I text Amanda. Like, I wake up and I'm like, hey, girl, did you see X, Y, Z? And Amanda will be like, well, I'm at church. I'm like, oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Ignore everything. It's not important. You're like, but did you see it? <laughs> yeah. but, hello. Or I'll email her on the weekend and I'll make the subject line, like, not urgent. But see, Don't when I answer. see urgent, I'm like, well, let me just, let me and just then see what it is. But see, but then see it's I my own problem, yeah, too. You see, I've tried. I think, so... My boundaries, which are very loose, is like I don't like to do computer work on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I'll answer any text or email or call, but I don't like to do like analysis or sure. build a deck or anything on Saturday. That's like my time. Um, but then, you know, we'll text and stuff and then I'll we'll, we'll be texting on a Sunday or calling each other. And then I'll just text like, OK, I'm about to go into church and I'll be out at one. Or I'm about to go into the gym. I have really terrible reception at my gym. Mm-hmm. Or um, I just started volunteering mm-hmm. with these um, this cheerleading squad in Harlem. And I'm like, okay, team, I'm about to go to the mm-hmm. cheer thing. Yeah. Um, or we both are in therapy and mm-hmm. we'll see that on the calendar. And it's like, okay, that oh, yeah, is not a time to We put each other's therapy in. appointments on yeah. each Exactly. Yeah. So we've also gotten better at it. But I also think like we've also created boundaries like in the very beginning we had very loose personal boundaries because yeah. we were just like it's all on the line it's all the yeah, business that yeah. makes sense. and now it's like okay we've grown in this a bit we have to you know she's married with a home in philadelphia and they need to do married people things in the home <laughs> in philadelphia i don't know what they do there and i need to do single people things in new york like you know and i should probably take more but just all of it needs to happen still and i think we've gotten better at being like what's the longest you've ever gone without talking a couple hours right i don't yeah, think like when we're asleep but yeah, the, yeah literally when we're sleeping yeah yes. but the thing is amanda and i are actually friends and we're really good friends she was tell. a bridesmaid in mm-hmm. my wedding so i mean we flip from texting about work to texting about like nonsense 
all the time. And that's what makes it work. So, yeah. So it's not like, it, I, I think I would feel a little bit worse if I were always just badgering Amanda about work. Yeah. Yeah. I always, yeah. people ask us sometimes, like, what makes it a good partnership? And I'm like, I genuinely like Melissa. Yeah. I enjoy being around her. She's a sister to me. I don't understand how there are co founders where they're just it's like all in the office, all business, I don't get and then that. they go home. I mean, my family's Melissa's family and vice versa. And I think because we share that similar value system, and we genuinely like each other and make each other laugh all day long. Yeah. That, I think that is just as important as being able to balance out the business kind totally. of responsibilities. And I think that's one of the reasons why, I mean, it is my personality to not be super conflict averse, but I get scared when I hear about co-founders who get to this place where they can't even talk to each other, they can't even look at each other because there's so much pent up resentment. And to me, the way resentment builds up is by harboring something that you just, mm -hmm. you need to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, because I know that at the end of the day, like I want Amanda to be happy. Amanda wants right. me to be happy. We want to, you know, have a good relationship. So even when we fundamentally disagree about something or it's a really difficult conversation, I really genuinely believe will be better at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want us to get to a place we've seen so many yeah. co-founders go where like it becomes this really acrimonious thing. Mm -hmm. I, I never want that for this person. I love her. Yeah. So, you know. I wish Aww, more people seems... talked about this though because yeah. I think there's this reputation, especially in the startup world with women founders yes. that were difficult to work with mm -hmm. and that you see co-founders splitting up. And there are so many amazing, beautiful female co-founders mm -hmm. that Frankly, I say this all the time. I would not have my company if it weren't for Melissa, wholeheartedly. Yeah. I would have closed it down after three months. So I, it's good for people to see that women actually can have beautiful relationships with yeah. each other. And actually, mm -hmm. that's the reason, you're, one of many reasons, your business is thriving. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned, so you live in Philadelphia. I do. And you live here. Mm -hmm. So when did you leave New York mm -hmm. after you guys came up with the idea? Um, because... Jen and I have both been in New York together for the past five and a half years, but a year ago, eight months ago, eight months ago, it feels longer. Okay. Um, Jen moved to LA and relocated, so that oh, changed our dynamic, yeah. and we had a re kind of rejigger our mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cadence because not only did I not physically see her every day, which mm -hmm. I was very much used to and relied on, she was also three hours behind me. Yeah. Um. So the time difference is also challenging, challenge, super challenging. You guys don't have that challenge, but you're not together every day. How does well, so we are work? together every day. <laughs> do you, She's do you crazy. Still, I, she commute, commute? I commute in, okay. every day oh, into wow. the city. Um, and I'm trying to get better about doing one day a week working from home. Mm -hmm. I managed to do that like maybe two two Fridays a week, two Fridays a month or so right now. Ish. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just always here. It sounds like I you need to do better. Encourage yeah. her to do better. I need yeah. to do better, but I just feel like the thing is we're out of office a lot. Even when I'm in New York, yeah. Amanda and I are out of office a lot. So I then feel bad if I take another day out of office to work from home because then I'm like, when does the team see me? But, and not yeah. to cut you off, how many people are at your company now? Like how big is the team? Between part-time and full-time. I think we're at like seven. eight. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's Maybe eight. Maybe seven. Eight. Yeah. Seven, eight. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. I, ne I never know what right. our full yeah. headcount yeah. is yeah. on, yeah. 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 on purpose. Yeah. I think it's yeah. better not to always fully know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. we're at eight. And I, so I moved to Philadelphia last summer. Okay. And for me, it was just that like, you know, I was over living in New York, but I didn't want to not be fully immersed in everything going on at the company. So I knew when I moved, like, I am going to be doing this commuter life because I have to be here. Like, it's a beauty company. We are always trying products. Like, mm -hmm. I can't just be doing this from afar. So I just, you know. When you I'm decided you were going to move and you, she spoke to you about it, mm -hmm. 
were you upset? Were you shocked? Did you feel like, oh my God, I'm I'm not going to see her as much? Or yeah. well, the way it was pitched to me is we're about to buy a house in Philly, so this can be your weekend home. Oh well, and so I was like, well, okay, you should be a publicist. Yeah. 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 That was really was good like, spin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, there are neighborhoods where I could run down the street, and like we both grew up in the suburbs. Like yeah. it's also not surprising to me, given KJ and her husband's personality, that they'd want a home and the birds right. and the whole thing. And so it wasn't surprising. Right. I knew they were looking, and. The upfront idea was for her to only come in the city four days a week and work from home one day a week. So I knew that upfront. Now she has not lived up to that at all, and I keep trying to push her to do it. But I think it's important to find the balance and like live the life you want to live. We have killed mm-hmm. ourselves to build this business, and we deserve all of the happiness in the world, inside and out of it. And like any semblance of a little bit of balance that we can create in our personal lives to make us better for the business. Like it is a hundred percent worth it. And so I leave work all the time. Like guys, I'm going on a date and I'm doing da 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 da. And I'll look crazy during the day because my hair will be twisted and whatever. And <laughs> it's a okay. And I talk about that all the time. And she should also be able to go to her home in Philadelphia and live her full life. And so we just bring ourselves to work. That's mm-hmm. also part of like, the minted motto you bring your full self to work and that means however whatever you know you need to do in your personal life so that you can best fully show up and be fully mm-hmm. realized mm-hmm. at work that to us matters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's great that's beautiful i mean i think we try really hard to set that tone with our team and they're at this point almost 30 people and i think jen and i have realized that the balance of personal and professional is really really important because if we're not setting that tone the team won't yeah. be as happy if they're not realizing that they should go work out together get a drink mm-hmm. or go see their families or their dogs or whatever um, it's hard. really really important yeah. you know I, I think people are like oh you know don't take it so seriously but when it's your business exactly and it's your money and it's your time and it's six plus seven years of your life, you know, it's hard to kind of just be blasé about things ever. So we really, Melissa is much, much better at boundaries. Um, I mean, she has a baby and another baby on the way. And so she's very good at blocking off that time. You weren't always. Oh, um, uh, not at all. I think before having a child, I was, it was me and her 24 7 mm-hmm. and it was fine then i actually yeah. like i loved it it was you know, part 2 a.m text messages first text in the morning <laughs> totally. you know all day long and and because melissa had the baby and because i moved which happened mm-hmm. around the same time we've been forced to kind of develop boundaries and a better communication cadence mm-hmm. yeah i don't think if either of th- mm-hmm. those things didn't happen it would have happened yeah um, right. and i think we were borderline unhealthy yeah. at times <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah, I mean, I guess another question just too is it's what's next for you guys. I mean, what are you working mm-hmm. on now? I mean, obviously, you're. I mean, I did some research that Maura was kind enough to put together, and we're like blown away, impressed by what you've done. I mean, we talk to brands all day long, and it's amazing. And the fact that you only have seven to eight people, I'm I'm shocked. Actually, <laughs> I would have thought it would have been much bigger given your business size right now. But what Which are you- I commend that yeah, you didn't overhire. Yeah, I yeah. think that's one of the biggest mistakes startups yeah. make yeah. is overhiring. So good for you. <laughs> we need you. more people though. Yeah. But yeah, I do think. I mean, on the one hand, I think it's been good that we've run so lean because you know it's enabled us to stay sort of like deep in a lot of the details in a way that I think right now at only three years old, we still need to be. You know, I think the times where we've really tried to pull up and pull out of certain things 
hasn't gone so well, mm-hmm. which to me just means like, all right, we need to do a better job laying the foundation before mm-hmm. we can pull up. I think now we're in a place mm-hmm. where we can pull up a bit more. Yeah. So we are looking to grow our team this year by another like something like five or so yeah. people. So we'll still be pretty lean by, by mm-hmm. the end of the year, but we also are spread thin. And I think one of the things to your question of what's next is, you know, Amanda and I have worked really hard to get to a place where we do have some amount of boundaries and we do understand when someone needs to unplug or whatever that might be. And now I think we have work to do in making sure we are giving that same sort of boundaries to our team. Mm -hmm. I do think, I mean, you know, it is such a small team that people are stretched thin Mm -hmm. and it's easy to get burned out, particularly Mm -hmm. in a startup where there's expectations are, you know, astronomical. Um, and so that's work that I think we we probably need to do is get better at really understanding like, okay, we've done the work for ourselves. How do we make sure we do that work for our team? Yeah, I think the culture question and how do we grow that is something every startup our size has to start grappling with. I'm always amazed though, I gotta say when I see the, and I won't say which startup, but the startups that are quite large and then all of a sudden are like, and we just started talking about values mm-hmm. and they're like right. billion dollar mm-hmm. companies. Right, I'm right. like, ooh, I can't even imagine the mess that was going on in mm-hmm. there. Um, so I'm glad that's not our story. Yeah. Um, so there's culture, which we're excited to to scale and evolve. There's product, which we're always excited to scale and evolve. I mean, we could talk about product all day long. We have a lot of retail expansion mm-hmm. that'll be happening this year. Yeah. We're excited to bring our products to even more people and keep like getting the minted name out there. We, uh, mm-hmm. that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot. That's enough. That's, that's good. Yeah. Right. I mean, we still if you added a third do... thing, I'd be like, please slow down. Yeah. You know? Well, this is why we're so nuts because we still also do like a different event in a different city every month. Oh my god. On goodness. top of all the things we do. So. And do you yeah. go to all of them? We kind of ping pong. Yeah, Sometimes we, kinda we go to pong. Both. Yeah. It's a lot going on. There's a yeah. schedule. People tell us where we're supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. So I think, first of all, thank you again so much for sharing your insights about partnerships and your relationship. It's really, really inspiring. We have a fun game. Well, it's not really even a game. It's just something to kind of end with so we can get to know you guys even more than you've already shared. We're calling it the Ship Final Five. Yes. Um, Ship. We really need to... Oh, like the, ship. Yeah. <laughs> the ship final five. Um, so just a lightning round of questions. We just want quick answers. Mm-hmm. For first each thing of that you, comes, not together. Yeah, the yeah. first thing that comes to mind. If you guys say the same thing, that's fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the first one is first paying job or internship, which I know I think you may have mentioned already. Oh, well, my first paying job was Target. I was in a cashier over the summer before college. Mm-hmm. And I worked at an ice cream shop, scoop and ice cream. That was my sister's first job. She loved it. Hagen does. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go to karaoke song. Um. Oh, what's that Ke- uh, Kelly Clarkson song? Oh yeah. Uh, um. The one since you've since been, you've been gone. gone. Since you've been gone. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. Um. My go-to is probably Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Um. Come on over. It's like, oh, I like that video too. Yeah. <laughs> like a pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um. What's the last thing you bought? Oh. <laughs> these lashes are magnetic it's a magnetic liner i, I heard about pop it. them on i literally put these on on my train ride from philly that's how easy it is to do i'm obsessed i'm, I'm obsessed wait okay this. so back up one second yes. so are they expensive well, they are more expensive right. so the liner plus the lash cost me 55 okay however there are brands making cheaper versions i just i didn't want to start cheap i was like i'm going to spend a little bit of money here and figure out if this application technique works and you have it's to so well they look fabulous yeah. thank you but do you have to actually be good at makeup to do it 
No, but you do need to be good at least at applying liner. Okay. But as long as you have some experience with that, you should be fine. I've had three friends tell me about these magnetic lashes in the last We're going to order months. them the minute this is yeah. over. No, okay. I'm, I'm like, this was a good purchase. I buy okay. a lot of dumb things. But this was <laughs> a good purchase. Um, my last purchase, oh, because I come from out of town. So I didn't have time to switch my rent the runway and had a date on Monday night. So I went to H&M and bought a dress. Mm-hmm. Did it work out? Did you like the dress? I like the dress, not the date. I'm glad you're using. <laughs> At least you ended up with a good dress. That's, exactly. that's fine. Um, and what is on your bedside table? Well, let me tell you, my cat knocks everything off of my bedside uh-huh. table. So what is left on my bedside table right now is probably like one hair tie. <laughs> I have my phone charger and the book, The Woman in the Window, because I want to read it before the movie comes out. Oh, yeah. Got it. Is that Sweet. the Amy Adams movie that's coming? Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Okay. Or wait, or is Amy Adams? Maybe it's Amy Adams. It's like Actually, a couple yeah, maybe Reese is producing it's Amy Adams. it. Maybe yeah. Reese is producing it. Yeah. Because yeah. I she just buys read a lot of book uh, options. Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. Little yeah. Fires yeah. Everywhere. I'm finishing yeah. that today. Mm-hmm. That was good. Yeah. So. That was good. Yeah. Amazing. Well, yeah. thank you guys again. It was such a pleasure having you. You were the you. best. Thank you. I, I want to be friends with both so of you. Fun. What a fun yeah. podcast. And it's on a couch. Yeah. yeah. It's great. All right. That was the partnership. Yay. Make sure to visit our website, jenniferbet.com, where you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you'll never miss a show.